Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kamidogu Podcast. I am Christopher Veljanovsky, and joining me in the virtual podcasting booth, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Toasty. Toasty! If you're new here, be sure to hit follow or subscribe to join the family, and be sure to check out some of our previous episodes for some more great content. I am not going to talk any longer. We need to get started, so Toasty, take it away. Welcome back, combatants. Today we are joined by the man who played Earthrealm's greatest warrior and soon-to-be champion, Liu Kang, in Mortal Kombat 2021. Kamidugu is accompanied by Ludi Lin, also well-known to have played Captain Merc in James Wan's Aquaman. This gentleman has been blasted with success as of late and now stars in the CW show titled Kung Fu. Season one has been met with positive reviews, is swarming with impressive fight scenes, and most importantly, contains a very inspiring story. We are extremely excited to convey that season two of this hit show is now airing. Most certainly be sure to check this tremendous show out uh, whenever you get the chance, and I am certain you will be delighted. You may have seen the good side of Ludi with Liu Kang, but in this franchise, Ludi takes on the polar opposite, Kerwin Tan, a villainous role. It's a great honor to have him here. With that being said, let's move on with this interview. Hello, everyone. We appreciate you joining us today. Um, so, Ludi, I would just like to begin by saying thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank uh, you so much for having me. Yeah. Um, now... You play one of the richest men in the world in this new iteration of the Kung Fu story, Kerwin Tan, a deeply troubled character. But before we proceed, uh, perhaps you could give our audiences a rundown of who exactly this man is and the obstacles he's had to face throughout the series thus far. Um, well, Kerwin Tan and Kung Fu is a bit of a complicated character um, and we're all MK fans here. He's not at all like Liu Kang, who's got a one-track mind of of um, representing the Shaolin monks and and going for the light. He's sort of always veering towards the light and the dark. If I had to describe him in a few simple words, I would say Kuantan. Kuantan hates for the sake of love. So yeah, he, he hates for the sake of love. He gets in trouble because he's so passionate and, and he's kind of like a fatal romantic. Yeah. So going back when you first offered the role of Kerwin Tan, um, what specifically appealed to you about his character and um, captivated your interest in tackling the project to begin with? It was probably the nice haircut that he would get. Um, <laughs> After playing Liu Kang for months and that shaggy, sort of like a bird bird's nest of a hair, um, it was nice to get to get a bit trimmed, you know. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I've been involved with Kung Fu since uh, inception, even before most of the castings were placed. Um, oh, okay. uh, Christina Kim, who's a showrunner, had reached out, and um, while we we're in LA, we were chatting about how this world would unfold. Um, getting the little details right about the myth and the lore that ties actual, you know, Chinese mythology and legend into the series and some of the terminology, right? Um, which is, yeah, so, so then an opportunity came up that I felt um, interested in um, 
and really excited actually to explore the, the realm of this character and the family who's very like diametrically opposed to the to the main family in the kung fu um kung fu canon so that was very interesting to me in season one, it's quite visible that uh, Kerwin has a very complicated relationship with his father, uh, that him and his you know, siblings were always in competition and, and fighting for their father's love and respect. Judging by the, the premiere of season two, I'm going to assume uh, we will continue to see even more of this character's difficult connection with his father. How deep does this go and how many levels will audiences expect to see in relation to this, Lady? So yeah, you're perfectly right in picking that up. I think uh, Kung Fu is a bit of a sub subversive series in that it, uh, it draws people in with what we all know is martial arts, Kung Fu in action, but layered underneath is kind of like a, a, a family drama that I, I think um, all Asian families can really relate to, but also all families because what's a family without any drama? Right, so we're definitely we'll definitely explore that in season two more. I think Cohen Tan is also kind of like the name Kung Fu. He's sort of like the bait to reel people in to the complicated world of the Tan family, which is for sure very, very, very dysfunctional. So um, uh, don't do what we do on screen. Don't try this at home, and hopefully you guys get out a bit more unscathed than. Um, Cohen Tan and his whole, his whole ilk of, of, um, of family dramas. So, um, what was it like portraying such a troubled, darkened character with heavy scars from the past? Um, while in reality, um, you're one of the most positive people we know, um, you know, you're always positive and happy and, you know, trying to do the right thing. And, you know, how do you get in the headspace to portray such a character? Uh, I think I think um, mainly is try to relate as much as possible um, to to the goodness in him. He might do bad things, but to him, he does it for the good reasons. And um, and I think I can relate to that. I mean, I, I I would I think I think you know, love and compassion is one of the things that I hold most valuable in my life. So for Kerwin. Although he does some really, really, um, well, am I allowed to swear here? Really, yes, really, of course. <laughs> really, really, you know, really, really shitty things um, to many, many people. And it just gets worse and worse as we go along. But also that's because he's more and more desperate and passionate about what he actually wants to go after, whether it be his relationship with, with Jalan or with um, trying to trying to get out of his father's shadow and to get recognized, you know? So I think a lot of people, especially, you know, with my personal history, I can relate to that. Um, so that's what I kind of grasp onto. Tell us uh, some of the other challenges you've had to endure while filming the series as a whole. I'm sure the pandemic certainly uh, plays a part, but is there anything else during your time working that had really tested you as an actor? Uh, yeah, I, I had a I had a jaw injury in the midst of filming, so wow. that that required some surgery. I've got a gnarly scar here. It's funny, funny you guys had mentioned um, wow scars uh, that Kowintan has through. But um, the showrunners are so great on the series. When I had the injury, I told them, look, um, 
uh, I've got, I, I've acquired a new scar. Do you guys want to do something with this and play into the character? And sure yeah. enough, in the, in the end of the season one, he had gotten his throat slit. So they added that on and they just nicked another one. Um, wow. Maybe, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a tangential slice up the chin. Um, they're very good about that. Um, I've had I've had scars before from training martial arts. Um, like I've had hand surgery, so I've had some pretty massive scars here. And so they yeah. built it into. They also built it into the character. Um, and those are something that I relate to too. Um, physicality is just something that's there and easy to tap into when you're playing something like that. That's cool. Um, how was it working with the wonderful Yvonne Chapman, who played Jalan, another Canadian, of course? Um, mm. <laughs> I'm of the understanding that you two are really good friends now. Yeah, yeah. She she's a she, she's a complicated one. That one. She plays <laughs> she plays she plays someone that is completely opposite to her in real life. Like she she wouldn't hurt a fly. I bet if she got a haircut, she would weep over like the the pain that the hair has to go through <laughs> when, when you're chopping it in half. Um, so she's that kind of person, but um, on screen, of course, she doesn't even blink when she slays like twelve people, John Wick style. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's a really keen learner, um, and she's tough as nails as well. One time in stunts training, I full on, like I full on, we had measured wrong, and I full on backfisted her right in the face. <laughs> And the same day, she had gotten this other stunt guy who was about 6'2", and he full-on head-butted her. Oh! Um, and she was still laughing and, requ- uh, and, 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 um, and being a really good sport up to that. So, yeah, she's, she's, she's really tough, that one. There are some gorgeous-looking fight scenes in this series. Uh, the premiere and finale episodes particularly uh, almost giving me, like, that crouching tiger hidden dragon type vibe um however probably my favorite fight scene in kung fu season one uh would have to be the one with um you in a business suit kicking ass in a hallway (laughs) um i thought it was very well choreographed and a lot of fun to watch how much rehearsal or training uh did it take to perfect this scene and also fill in our audiences with uh what type of martial arts you practice in lodi uh so I think to, to be able to create a series like Kung Fu, our stunt team definitely have to put in, the, the, the stunties have to put in a tremendous amount of work. Um, just previsiting the scene. If, if, for people who don't know what previsiting is, is that they do a stunt version on in the, in the stunts gym with their, um, with their cameras and equipment to, to show the directors what that looks like. And usually in every single action movie, there's that. And then they sort of take a look, they approve it or disapprove it. Um, but on Kung Fu especially, I think it sets a good example for a lot of different action series. Um, the show puts a lot of uh, faith and trust on the stunt teams and it's, it's very well deserved. So we shoot the action exactly as at how they pre-visit. And so there's no surprise changes. For example, on Mortal Kombat, it was very complicated because changes were always happening because the set would be different. There would be spatial issues or time issues. Um, in order to get it done or something that doesn't quite work with the story. So we're constantly on our toes and it's not the safest thing really to actually do. But in Kung Fu, when we get in, we know exactly what we're going to do. And of course, um, personally, I practice uh, Muay Thai 
and um, and jujitsu, and also I I feel like uh, through stunt training I picked up a little bit of you know dance getting jiggy with it because, <laughs> because stunt fighting is actually more about rhythm and working with a partner than actually trying to pummel the other person into the ground into dust. Um, so the the basic skills of rhythm. Um, and uh, and of, of course, obviously, martial arts training comes in very handy in those in those scenes. And Kung Fu is one of the series that does. I mean, with a name like Kung Fu, although it's you know, I'm saying it's a family drama, but you can't have any shortage of action. So um, so in that very organized process, we keep the show going and we keep it working in a safe manner. Um, I think the big important question here for all Kung Fu fans is. Will your character be more rough and tough um, amongst matters in season two? Meaning, of course, will we see you in more great fighting scenes? Well, I, I think um, what we started in season one, um, gruesome action in nice looking business suits is something that will continue. I can say that without <laughs> having any more spoilers. I think I think Kevin Tan doesn't fight anything or doesn't, doesn't do any fights without his... Um, suit and uh, suit and, and and tie so you can expect more of that um uh what else and Kerwin, Kerwin is kind of like he's born into a wolf den and he's just waking up to the fact that it's not really a, a very nice place to be so he's trying to get out um with his with his uh skin attached so i think you can expect some of that as well season two is definitely um, more intense and more, uh, how, how should I say this? More, more, fo more focused okay. on the main line of the story. Whereas season one, people were finding their footing on, on sort of like episodic, uh, Nancy Drew style breaking cases where season two is more focused on the main storyline of the opposition between the fat tan family trying to find this, um, this mystical bell for whatever nefarious reasons that I won't go into right now and you'll yep. find out. Um, so it's more focused on a main canon rather than jumping around and, and uh, solving detective work. Um, about Jalan, there was a massive revelation at the end of season one uh, and an act of utter betrayal, quite frankly. Is it safe to say that these two characters will meet up again shortly? Uh, either way, what kind of thoughts do you think are flooding Kerwin's mind right now in regards to that? And what do you think is paramount for this character at this point in time? I think so many things. Uh, you guys have seen season two at that point. If I recall, a lot of things were flooding my mind, were flooding his mind. I mean, he's he's woken up into his worst nightmare. He's drawn back into the wolf's den uh, when he thought he had gotten out and had, he had woken up thinking that he, you know, been sliced open by the person that he loves the most. Um, I, I can say that if you keep watching, you won't have to wait too long to a combination of that part of the story between Kerwin and, and Jalan. And that will also continue on. So you guys should stay peeled. Certainly. Uh, when it comes to this show, what would you say are you most proud of? And do you have any funny moments or... Um, you know, anything that really sticks out to you from the current season? I think there's two things that I'm very proud of. Um, I was just thinking about this this morning, actually. And for myself, I, I think I'll do some social media posts, break this 
to break this down for you guys. But there's, you know, there's moments in the show that are, um, that are so relatable when I watch it. Um, and I'll just point some of those out. Like, for example, my good friend Ty Ma, who, who, who is a veteran actor. She, he, he plays the, the father of Mulan in the new Disney movie, uh-huh. Mulan. Um, he's been acting yeah. forever and he's, a, he's like the heart and soul of the story. And he's the heart and soul of the entire casting crew, actually. Um, but he always represents something that is, um, that is, that is so subtle yet so representative of the love that is felt within the community, the cohesion, the balancing force in the story, you know, the balancing force in between good and evil and the balancing force within a family. Um, so I'm, I'm very proud to be working with him and I'm very proud to have these nuanced moments that's, that's been able to turn a, you know, TV script into something more and very relatable. And there's so many of these moments that I, that I watch and I go, yeah, you, you haven't seen anything like this on screen. And of course, yeah. related to that, um, we really don't have any um, Asian Kung Fu shows on screen. This is the only thing that represents that, represents that community. So i um, very proud to be a part of that. And the last and probably the most important thing I'm supremely proud of is um, to be working with such a good crew um, and a good cast of people. Really, really, we really gel like family. Um, and that's not just some words out of my mouth and that's actuality. And um, I mean, we wrapped, we wrapped three days ago. Oh, wow. And yeah, and the, the, the entire cast and crew is just, you know, like, partly crushed and partly um, jubilant about us accomplishing this thing. Um, so I'm, I'm very proud to have been a part of that experience. And now for what a lot of the Kamadugu fan has been waiting for, being the particular fans we are, we are going to discuss Mortal Kombat. Oh, sweet. Moody, <laughs> the sequel has now been announced. It's in the early stages. Uh, I'm sure you cannot reveal much, if anything at all, but tell us, uh, being a, a, a genuine Mortal Kombat fan yourself and uh, doing all the appropriate studies for Liu Kang's character, what would you personally like to see for the character in a future sequel? Um, just a sidebar before we fully dive into Mortal Kombat with uh, Kamidogu. The, the name Kamidogu from Mortal Kombat Actually, this is a perfect transition from Kung Fu because season one of Kung Fu is about finding this energy that changes the world called Biengu. It means, you know, it means uh, transformation, right? And then season two is about a mystical bell. And all of these are kind of like the tools of the gods, just like those those tools in Kamidogu is what Kamidogu means in Mortal Kombat. So everyone should be able to relate to that. Wow. And the question, what was the question you had before, before I went <laughs> off a tangent, because that was just on my mind. Okay, well, obviously, there's, there's, it's kind of a two-question thing. Um, so, obviously, I'm going to assume there's nothing you can reveal. Um, but other than that, if you could choose anything for your character in an upcoming sequel, what would you like to see for Liu Kang? Well, look, I, I've got... Uh, my, my mind works in a way where... 
I'm almost like always in a dream state. So when I dream, all these random ideas pop up and I wake up with them and I have no idea what's going on and what, what is good and what is bad. And then throughout the day, I kind of like, do you have that moment when you, some, sometimes when you're walking around in the afternoon and you're thinking about a great idea you had in the morning and it's complete trash and you were just like, what, what the hell was I thinking? And so sometimes I have that for Liu Kang as well, which is kind of dangerous because that might piss off a lot of people. This is why we have a very great director and a producing team to steer things in the right direction. Yeah. So um, I wanted to also give Liu, Liu Kang maybe a haircut as he as he blends into <laughs> society. But I really think that's a terrible idea because something that iconic, um, I really don't want to touch. Uh, so I, ho I hope... I do hope that within this amazing realm that's already set out by the Mortal Kombat lore, that we can explore uh, different areas a little bit. You know, Liu Kang has a vast story. He's the he's the character that runs through the entire Mortal Kombat game series, right? So Absolutely. there's so much backstory to him already that I don't think we need to be overzealous and completely um completely revamping the thing from ground up but i do hope that um i i know that i've set out something that's different enough than the previous movies or the game series that i think if we follow that storyline we'll be able to find something fresh and entertaining and of course I, i hope there's more action now that people have some trust in us into making um a a, a and uh, this is to blow smoke on my own bum, a fairly good video game movie that I hope we can have some more leeway and preparation and action to make it better than ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a huge success and you are a fantastic Liu Kang. You know, when I think of Liu Kang, you're the first person I think of. So there you go. Uh, um, and oh, considering... I'm not, I'm not the first person that I think of, actually. I think Robin <laughs> did a great job. But, um, yeah, but thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Um, but what, what are you guys hoping to see? You guys are some of the hardest oh, man. fans I've ever met. Yeah. I There's like so fun. much. Yeah. Well, as you said, you know, uh, you know, s more fight scenes, the better. Um, you know, um, actually maybe if they were a bit longer too, that wouldn't mm. hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, I think more screen you know, time obviously... for Liu Kang too would be good. What was that? Chris? I think a bit more screen time for Liu Kang. Oh, a hundred percent. And of course, it's no surprise. I would really like to see uh, Shang Tsung um, fight Liu Kang. Yes. You know, that would be <laughs> epic. But what I think would be perfect um, is if for the next uh, film, Shang Tsung could morph and really trick Liu Kang. And maybe, mm. let's say, perhaps uh, he morphs into Kung Lao and oh really plays... God. Okay. You know, tricks on Liu Kang's mind, maybe traps <laughs> I I him. I can't believe you. I can't believe you just said that because okay, two things. One, Cheng Song's definitely on my shit list. He's on my <laughs> in my pocket all the time. So yeah, I've got my target sighted on him for sure. And second, actually, Max Huang, the uh, my, my brother that plays Kang Lao. I, yeah. I mean, I we've been friends for so long in real life, and um, it's just huh? amazing to be working with him. Um, in a relationship like this on screen. But the thing that people don't know about him, he's such a great impressionist. Oh, really? I oh, mean, yeah? Sometimes we, we're sitting in the car traveling to set 
and he would do a dead on impression of Sheng Tsung. No way. <laughs> Both the actor Chin Han and Sheng Tsung. Spot on. You would not be able to tell the difference. So wow. If he if if he actually morphed into Kung Lao, and then Max got the <laughs> chance to do that, it'll be something that's unforgettable. He's just so good at it. It's something that's totally, totally unexpected, and he's he's perfection. Well, this needs to happen now. <laughs> Manifest it. Um, so, considering uh, that Mortal Kombat is such a huge franchise, it's been around for so long, and it's spread into a bunch of other media outlets. Um, if the opportunity arose and your schedule could accommodate, uh, would you ever be interested in working perhaps with Max on some kind of like Shaolin Monk series down the road for TV? I, well, I actually have some great ideas about that. Um, oh. it's, I, I, it's in the works right now. I'm trying my best to make that happen. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm trying. I'll just say that for now. And then if... Uh, <laughs> If we get closer, then I'll update you guys on it. Um, oh, I can nice. I can give you a hint on what I'm yeah. thinking is that there's a whole piece in the movie that leaves a lot of unanswered questions. Like, how did Liu Kang come to find Jax? Like, how come Liu Kang and Kung Lao are separated? How come the temple is in the situation and the disarray that we find it in in the film? So there's a lot of missing pieces before. Yeah, that we can tell without hampering too much of what's about to happen in you know in the movie to come. Another thing I would really like to see is a, a little bit more of Liu Kang's background in terms of um, uh, his relationship with uh, Bo Rai Cho. That would be incredible. Mm. I would really like to see that. Yeah. Um, so, um, jumping back to MK twenty twenty one. You've mentioned before that there were a number of scenes that unfortunately um, couldn't make the final cut. For example, you've elaborated uh, before that there was an extended fireball fight against Sub-Zero. Uh, could you tell us uh, in more detail uh, about this precise scene or any other Liu Kang moments that uh, were left in the cutting room floor? Uh, your, your Wi-Fi froze at the precise... <laughs> And dramatic moment of the scene that you were trying to mention. So I know oh. that you're trying to get something out of me, but I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, you've mentioned before that uh, there was an extended uh, uh, kind of scene where Liu Kang was sort of having like a fireball match with Sub-Zero. You've mentioned that before. Could you tell us more about that scene or any other Liu Kang moments that uh, couldn't make the cutting room, uh, that didn't make the final film? Oh, I tried so hard to pitch that scene. I mean, I'm really happy that a lot of the things I pitched, like um, like when I was healing Cole with acupuncture, because that's something I'm actually really interested in, interested in personally, but I didn't wow. realize that um, Louis Tan was like deathly afraid of needles, you know? So, oh. so but, oh, wow. I, I, but we made that in and I'm so proud of that. There's so many things that um, I'm, I'm really happy made it into the movie, but definitely the fireball fight is one of my biggest regrets um, because I pitched that and it was, I was actually inspired by the fireball fights um, in Dragon Ball Z that I used to watch all the time, you know, oh. of, of shooting back and forth, like um, of Trillin and, and the Super Saiyans and shooting the fireballs. So it was supposed to be this thing where Liu Kang actually really 
um, utilizes his his energy with with fire and flames that to try to counter what Sub Zero brings with ice, um, and then there's there's just a lot of things that tell us the background, the relationship between Raiden, Kung Lao, and Liu Kang, uh-huh. um, like when they're in private when they're dealing with uh, the champions from Earth, um, and when they're dealing with this, you know, unknown threat, how they plan and discuss, and you get a glimpse into um, how they function as a unit that didn't make it into the movie. That's why I think that um, what I have in mind to throw those pieces together to, to clarify things a little bit, if people are interested, that would be great. And it's a great release for me too, because I'm trying to find closure myself for those things, right? Yeah. Hey, Ludi, did you ever um, by chance play the full game of uh, Shaolin Monks? I, I didn't play Shaolin Monks. Oh, you okay, have to. Was, was, it, was it an adventure game? Yes, and it's also okay. co-op. So you and okay, you and Max yeah, can I'll play it together. <laughs> Seriously, it is one of my all-time favorite Mortal Kombat games. It is really, really. Oh, it is okay. absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I was really into those side-scroller adventure games like uh, like Contra. So, but it, oh, yeah. it just never, it just never, I just never came across Shell and Monk. So that's something on the homework list for sure. There you go. So um, it was really enlightening to see how close everyone was on set. And clearly, you know, say like even like Josh Lawson, like I don't know how you got through half of those scenes with him. He's an absolute <laughs> prankster. <laughs> Your face says it all. Um, and I, I believe you used to host um, thumb war challenges um, around the set. <laughs> is that is that true? Yeah, I'm, I'm still the world champion. Yeah, <laughs> undefeated. <laughs> If anyone wants to test her might, I'm still the world champion of Thumb Wars. <laughs> Did you have yeah. any other, um, you know, traditions or any funny pranks that you could from the set that you remember that you can share with us? Traditions, let's see. Um, well, I don't know if you guys know, I'm vegan. And to make it easy yeah. for the chefs on set, um, I just ask for the same thing every single day. I don't really get tired of food that easily. So okay. I basically ate um, steamed broccoli with nothing on it for four months and only <laughs> and I'm, I'm guys I'm fine and I, I love it and on Kung Fu it's the same thing I get I get I get steamed broccoli bell peppers uh red bell peppers and yellow be- bell peppers every single day wow so um so I didn't find out until close to rap that every time I would have my my breakfast and that's my breakfast as well in the makeup trailer I would leave the strongest stench ever because you guys know what boiled broccoli smells like. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. So that's one of the things. Um, there was a lot, you know, there was a lot just hanging out, uh, playing video games with Joe, um, enjoying, enjoying the great and surprisingly um, varied Southeast Asian cuisine in, in Adelaide, Australia. That was a great surprise as well. There's just a lot of joking around. Since the debut of uh, Mortal Kombat 2021, how much of an impact has this movie had on your professional career? And lastly, uh, now with the new sequel confirmed, uh, have you spoken with any of the other castmates since? Uh, how eager is everyone to get back into combat mode? I, I think everyone's very, very eager. Um, and just to see each other as well. And just to have tapped into such a great fan base to, um, to sort of uh, rejuvenate 
um, the series on screen because I think really like it's a different medium of experiencing the world, right? You you play yeah. it, um, and then uh, versus you sharing that uh, storytelling experience with people in a dark room. That's a that's that's something very unique. And then to be able to integrate both and engage online with people as well, and um, having met great people like like you guys who um, are the strongest supporters and some of the strongest, some of the most um, passionate fans I've ever met. It's really good. Fantastic. So we are now going to jump into the final round. So what we're going to do here is uh, we're going to ask you uh, a couple quick questions <laughs> and uh, try to get to know you a little more, Ludi. So okay. first one is what are some of your secret talents? Uh, secret talents. Um, let's see. I can, I do pretty well with, uh, blowing spit bubbles off my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> there, there goes one. I don't know if you guys, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if you do it on slow motion, you, you might be able to secret talents. Um, I play the ukulele. Oh. Um, let's see. I guess it's no secret. I uh, I dominate at the Morse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. God, secret talents, and lastly, I think dreaming. Dreaming very big is one of my secret talents. Every single night, I go to I go to sleep excited because I can't wait to see what uh, what the dream world is going to show me. So I think that's one. What was your very first job? My very first job, I haven't had too many like conventional jobs in my life. Um, in high school, I think the very first thing I wanted to do was to start a web design company oh. with my with my buddies. Uh, so that was one. Um, starting some online communities, that, that was one. We had this thing called Hotline where people could share like different things online and then to support it, I would get sent like donations and and also computer gear, like hard drives and things back then were valuable. So we got sent those. Oh, nice. uh, that was that was a fun experience. Um, just, just you know, yeah, kind of these offshoot non-conventional jobs has always been my forte. You slightly answered this already, but what is your ideal diet? What's, what's my ideal diet? My <laughs> ideal diet is one that doesn't take life frivolously. So I, I hesitate to call myself vegan because although I only eat uh, vegetables, um, but I recognize that killing is just a part of nature. Um, the problem I have is people that um, consume meat without recognizing that it's killing a life in order, to, in order to restore yours because it takes place in some faraway factory and it's not even named after, you know, pork isn't exactly directly relatable to what pig that it came from, right? So for me, um, I don't, look, I don't have a problem with eating meat if you're gonna go out and kill it yourself and preferably with your bare hands or like, or a knife or something <laughs> like that. When I go to seafood restaurants and when my friends order something like a live lobster or a crab, I usually ask to go in the back and kill it myself in the kitchen um, if my friends are going to eat it. So that's my philosophy. If you're going to take a life, take it yourself. Oh. What is your guilty pleasure? 
My guilty pleasure. <laughs> hmm. I'm not too. I'm not too guilty about many things. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not very guilty about anything. I mean, if it's pleasurable, then why should I be? Why should I be guilty about it? I usually don't take pleasure in harming other people or other things. So um, when when I enjoy myself, I try to really enjoy myself. Uh, it's clear that you're pretty pretty fit. That's a, an understatement. But um, you know, how much do you exercise a day, and and what do you sort of um, do when you exercise? I, I would say that I exercise an unreasonable amount a day. Um, that's because I really enjoy it. Um, I usually wake up very early in the morning and just take my time. And for how long I do it, I would say it depends on how long I have. Say if I had to get set at you know four o'clock in the morning, I would try to wake up at uh, one or two in the morning to try to get just the just the the maximum enjoyment out of it. It's not really a chore; it's just a part of my day. So, but if I have to get it done quickly, I could get get done in an hour and a half. But if I had if I had more time, I would take more time. Uh, if you could have any superpower in the world, uh, what would you choose and why? If I had any superpower in the world, I would I would actually choose what you guys do. I would choose the I, I would I would want the power to ask very good questions. <laughs> I love it. I, I really think that's an amazing power. I think if you could ask very good questions, um, it's even better than getting good answers. You know, because you get to explore, and that's what I like. Yeah, I think the best students safe. in life are always asking questions. So that's fantastic. Oh. Um, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think funny and embarrassing things happen to me all the time. For example, uh, last night, um, I asked a friend over to watch a film. And then before they came over, I always leave my front door unlocked so anyone can just pop in. But um, that's not a good thing to do when you're doing something very embarrassing inside and last night i had put a song on and i was in my living room just jamming singing along <laughs> full blocks, like really into a hundred percent and my friend came in the door um i i hadn't heard her coming in i hadn't heard her say my name twice so when i turned around it was like mid-verse and she was looking right at me and I was <laughs> Rose, like deer in the headlights. It was. <laughs> we, had really good, we had a really good laugh about it. I don't know. I don't know why that. That I guess it's like someone. It's being caught at your most vulnerable. I think this is why a lot of fight scenes in movies happen in in toilets, like bathrooms, because you're yeah. very vulnerable and you're caught there. You're like yeah. caught dead. Yeah. You know. So that was that was very funny. But ha funny things happen all the time. Always keep an eye out for it. <laughs> all right. And finally, Ludi, um, if you were granted three wishes, what would they be? Um, let's see. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, well, actually concerning, concerning of the times right now, you know, like I would, like world peace would be on on the top of my list. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. I think. I think I think war is a tainted idea 
a fight and challenge. Um, and having studied Muay Thai in Thailand, I know, I know what fighting means without having to destroy, you know, fighting to me, it's a form of sharing and physical communication and actually, um, interjecting more meaning into life rather than destroying life. So world peace would be at the top of my list. Um, I would wish, I would wish for animals to be, to be able to talk. Oh, that's a good I one. Think, <laughs> I think if a cow could say help instead of just <laughs> moo, right, we would, oh. we, would, we yeah. would eat much less of them. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, and I would wish that everyone could find their own superpower as well because um because I, I believe that everyone has one you just have to tap into it sure sure well Ludi, thank you so very much for joining us today and um before we go um is there any other project uh, besides kung fu that you would like to promote right now and lastly uh what are your social media platforms where can people follow you okay uh I am working on a few things right now, like that thing that's very related to Mortal Kombat. I hope you guys follow along because it's something that I really want to make happen. Um, I, I might be judging a song contest in in okay. June, something yeah. I have. I, I don't know why they picked me, but um, I, think it'll, I think music is one of those things that is directly um, like connected to the the way that we see the world and the way that yeah. we feel about the world so that'll be very interesting certainly um other than that just the day-to-day -day, i think you guys can find me as ludy lynn on you know instagram twitter everything else and uh especially while kung fu is coming out check out instagram because i'm, I'm going to try to share with you some of those moments that i find really scintillating um oh. about kung fu that you might not catch and i would love it if you guys share with me in return Brilliant. Absolutely. Well, uh, once again, we appreciate uh, your time and, uh, yeah, we hope you ha have a lovely day and we wish you the best of luck with your uh, future projects. Yeah. You as well. Get some coffee, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it, ladies and gentlemen, the astonishing Ludi Lin. Hope you really enjoyed the show and learned something new today. I cannot reiterate enough. Whenever you are capable, make sure to check out Kung Fu. It is now airing on the CW channel every Wednesday in North America. Our Australian listeners can catch the show on Binge. You guys all mean a lot to us here at Kamidogu, and we're excited to bring more great material just up ahead. Yes, you're probably thinking that one name, Kitana. Do not worry, we promise you that is coming. We've had a lot on our plate, and we wanted to make sure to promote Ludi's brand new season given the appropriate time. Lots more to come yet, my friends, including another surprise that'll definitely keep you smiling. You know how it goes. Have fun, stay safe, and stay flawless.